This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. June 25, 2023. 2 Timothy 4, 1-8 You know, there's certain lines of work that you can really get into and really enjoy. Actually, I know a, a certain young child that would love to be someone who works in a zoo, specifically working with the penguins. You can imagine how fun that would be if you enjoy penguins, taking care of them, feeding them, cleaning up after them. started looking into uh, what that would involve, and I, I saw this article about a, someone who worked in a zoo, just loved his job, worked there for many years, helping penguins, feeding penguins. He would put on his, what almost looked like a penguin suit of a, a fisher's uniform and would feed them the fish. But then he also described you have to scuba dive in frigid waters and you have to vacuum up the penguin droppings and you have to make sure you're there every day. It doesn't sound all that fun when you look at those aspects. But a zoo worker actually can encounter something much more dangerous. Many zoo workers are killed in the line of their work. Maybe you heard how at the end of March there was a tornado in one of the zoos on the outskirts of Atlanta about an hour away from the city. And at that safari, many things were wiped out by the tornado except um, some animals you see survived and yet got out of their cages, including a, a tiger and the offspring of a tiger and lion, a, a liger. And so the, the zoo worker described what was for her the most terrifying day of her life as she was wandering around this torn down zoo trying to find the tiger that she could tranquilize it and safely return it back to its cage. It turns out they were able to safely find it, but you can imagine the fears and the terror. Or maybe the zoo workers just three weeks ago in Oklahoma as the tiger escaped its enclosure. The Apostle Paul talks about the line of work that he has given to a young pastor. And no, I'm, I'm not going to start comparing being a pastor to working in a zoo. But we do see the Apostle Paul calling pastors shepherds. They do care for a flock. And the devil is called a lion looking for those he can devour. And so there is danger involved. Danger for the flock and danger for those who are under their shepherd. So what we see today is how God instructs us to carry on our work, to not abandon the work and not turn aside, but to continue to preach, continue to feed, despite the dangers, the hardships, and persecution. Paul writes to a young pastor named Timothy. Timothy worked in the early church about the same time that we see some of the letters of the New Testament have finished been writing, and just before John writes the book of Revelation, we see someone like Timothy is, is one of those pastors shepherding the church. But Paul is about to, he says, depart. He knows his life is short. He knows the devil will soon take his life. And he knows he needs to encourage Timothy, a, a young shepherd over the flock. So he says, In the presence of God, and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Timothy's job description is pretty simple. Preach the word. But Paul has to give him that, that solemn charge as he says, in the presence of God, he's my witness. And, and Jesus, you know Jesus, 
Timothy. He's the one who rose again, who died and rose, but he's coming again. And he's going to be your judge and the judge of this world. That, that's a pretty big, solemn oath. This is something to take most seriously. This is not simply walk, watching over the enclosure of some shepherd flock on a hill or simply doing a, a job that you're hired to do. No, this is the holy ministry. And Paul gives Timothy this charge because he has a holy service with the gospel that he's entrusted to. And we've been looking these past three weeks at why we call it the holy ministry and what it involves, but now we see it just boils down to this. Preach the word. Timothy is called to speak God's word to the flock. And he describes the circumstance in which that's done as he says, be prepared in season and out of season. Now, I know one translation that puts this, when it's convenient or not. That's not just merely a matter of convenience, it's when times are easy, yes, it's easy for someone like me to stand up in front of the church when everybody's listening and to preach when everybody's quiet and paying attention. But what about when it's not so easy? As Paul says later on, when people will turn away from the truth. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. That's what calls, what God calls for pastors. You know, you don't have a, a command to preach. God hasn't told you to preach the word, but, but still, Christians are also told to be prepared. Peter says you, always be ready to give an answer. And always means times when it might seem inopportune or times when you maybe don't feel like it. The same thing applies to pastors. They don't just share the word when it's easy or when the flock is gathered. They do it in every season and every opportunity. And how do they do it? Paul says, Something that the world doesn't like to hear. He says, correct, rebuke, and encourage. You know, when someone works at a zoo, there are times when they need to make sure that the animals are kept in line or they have to train the animals for certain things. But what about the flock of God? Yes, there are times when the flock will have someone in danger. And they'll be wandering off from the flock. The, the pastor's job is not to simply watch that person wander and say, well, sinner, sin. Or to say, well, I don't want to upset anybody. His job, it says, is to correct. And to, when someone does wrong and, and doesn't turn to the truth, to rebuke them. To say, no, you're, you're in the wrong. But more than that, not just give them the law. If all a pastor ever did was give someone the law and correct and rebuke, they would be no better than someone who endangers or captures an animal and keeps it behind bars. No better than an unloving zookeeper. But they are shepherds. They not only correct and rebuke, warn of danger, they do it in love and they encourage. When that sinner turns away from their sin. They get to preach the word as they say, Christ has taken away your guilt. God has had mercy on you. You are now forgiven in his eyes. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. And as they do this, they're called to do it in a way that probably all of us sometimes struggle with, with great patience and careful instruction. We see the work of the holy ministry is, is quite simple, and yet it's not so simple. 
as he deals with the pastor, the shepherd, deals with a flock that needs correction, rebuking, encouraging, needs great patience and careful instruction. And why does Paul have to say this? Timothy wanted to be a pastor. Timothy served with willingness. But it wouldn't be easy. He says, Or a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Paul's talking about a time that would come within Timothy's life. As the gospel spread in the early church, Timothy, the other disciples and apostles, proclaimed the truth, and yet opposition quickly arose. The roaring lion, the devil, saw the spread of this truth and didn't want people to put up with it. When Paul says, the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, he also means today. It's not merely that people will say, oh, you're a conservative Christian church. I'm going to probably just tolerate it. I don't like it, but I'm just going to kind of ignore you guys. No, Paul says, when people won't put up with it, And he says, instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's what the flock craves after. Not that they are fed healthy, good food, but rather that their their smallest inconveniences, their their itches are scratched. Quite a picture, isn't it, that their their itching ears, that the preacher comes along and and satisfies a, a temporary itch rather than the real problem. If the flock is infested, if the flock is in danger, all he does is say, there, there, and and scratches them to give them some temporary relief, but no real help. Sadly, that's what's going on in this world. Paul says, many false teachers, and as they gather around themselves, notice they're not sent by God. They're gathering for themselves these teachers who will itch their ears. Paul says, They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You know, a myth would be something that's made up. And these false teachers, rather than saying, well, we don't want to say something that will make someone upset, they'll make up a story to make sure that person feels good about themselves without Christ. They'll make up stories such as this world evolved over a long period of time and God didn't do what he said in his word. He couldn't possibly in six days by the power of his word. No, no, that's not what we want. We want something where we are the center. And so they make up a story and make this narrative of evolution and the process. Or they make up a story of how marriage is merely a human institution instead of the story of Scripture, the truth, that it's a God-given institution for our blessing. And with their myth, their story, they invent new ways of doing things and they turn aside from the truth. You know, I think all of us can identify what's going on. They're looking to satisfy the craving of the flesh. Their itching ears are seeking to satisfy that temporary sinful desire. All of us have to confess and recognize at times we might be swallowing up some of these myths or tempted to just scratch a little bit at that itch rather than turning to the truth. What does God do when he sees the flock in danger. He gives the holy ministry and he gives a solemn charge to the flock and to the shepherd as he says, preach the word. And he says to Timothy, but you, unlike all those other teachers around you, 
Unlike all the other shepherds who will seek to pull you away, he says, but you, keep your head in all situations. The word literally here is be sober. Not that Timothy was going to get drunk, but that he wouldn't be carried away by all the false teachers, all the myths and ideas this world would present, the the humanistic truths which were lies. Keep your head. Endure hardship. Make no mistake, Timothy. Make no mistake, Tom. Make no mistake, put your name in here. You will endure hardship for the sake of God's word. And with the preaching and the teaching of the word, the world will persecute that truth. The devil will seek to devour those who follow the Lamb of God, the Good Shepherd. So Paul says, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Yes, it will be hard work, Timothy. It's a simple task, but it will be hard. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Sadly, there are shepherds who pretend and act as if they're merely zookeepers, as if they are there to make the animals among them happy and satisfy their desires. But they give them law and they cage them in and they don't give them the gospel. And they don't lead them to the good shepherd. And sadly, there are those who will seek to have their ears itched and they will seek after such teachers. And all the duties of ministry are abandoned and the holy ministry becomes a disgrace as it's turned aside for lies and myths. But God says, do the work, preach the word. Whether it's convenient or not, endure hardship. Timothy, we see, would carry this out for many years and he would face hardship. So would the apostles. So would Christians throughout history. So will we today. And how do we do it? Think of Christ. He came to preach the word. And Christ came to this world to endure all hardship as he faithfully shared the word of God. And Christ rebuked, correct, encouraged the crowds. And as we saw last week, Christ had compassion on them as a shepherd. And we saw how Christ called sinners to serve in his ministry so that they too would preach the word. And that word is so simple. When I graduated from seminary, I don't think I'll forget what was above the chapel. It was kind of similar to these words, but it's from the Gospel of Mark. It says, preach the gospel. That's why God has holy ministers. The gospel of a Lord who came to encourage, to guide, to rescue the flock. And he knew there would be many false teachers, but he came and sent the truth, the truth that was proclaimed that Christ endured all things for us. And even though the world hated him, he endured hardships even to death on the cross as he poured out his blood. But we're going to preach the gospel. Christ who died and rested in a tomb once again breathed the breath of life. The blood that he poured out for this world began pumping through his veins, his body risen as he said, share the good news. Your sins are forgiven. Preach the gospel to all creation. And that preaching goes on as sins are forgiven and the word goes out despite the hardships, despite the devil's attack. As we look to Christ, Paul mentions at the end of this section that he's about to die. He's finished the race. But his death is near. 
Timothy didn't die at the hands of lions, but he was dragged out of the city and he was stoned to death in the end. But he too preached the word. There were other saints, someone who was a companion, no doubt, of Timothy at some point, or they might have crossed paths. Ignatius, a student of John, the disciple of Jesus. And he was fed to the lions, as well as many other Christians. As they endured hardship, they continued to preach the word. And they kept their head. And they did this with the Apostle Paul and with all believers who says, Christ the Lord, the righteous judge, will award us on the last day that gift of grace. And Paul says, He will give this not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. As we preach that word and as the holy ministry is carried out, we long for Christ to come again. And that charge is given in light of his coming again to continue, despite hardship, to preach the gospel. Amen. of you.